Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 61, giving you all a very warm welcome from Ireland, which is where I am at the moment over in the beautiful county of Tipperary, visiting my mum, whom I haven't seen for three years due to the pandemic. So we've been doing an awful lot of catching up, which has been a lot of fun so far. I'm actually teaching in Dublin this weekend. So if anyone is listening and wants to come along, please do join us on Saturday 9th, Sunday 10th of April. I'll be teaching alongside spiritual medium Susan Hughes, who has invited me to join her on a program called The Extraordinary Medium, where we will be exploring the altered states of consciousness, discovering how you can elevate your mediumship from ordinary to extraordinary. So if you'd love to come along and join us, we'd love to see you. It takes place at the Maldron Hotel in Newlands Cross, Clondalkin. All details of how to sign up are on my website anteato.com. Thank you to all those who have left me a written review. I'm so grateful. We've had a review in from somebody called Burton Girl who says, wonderful podcast. I've met a lot of talented mediums through this podcast, including Anne herself, and I highly recommend it. So thank you so very much for leaving that review for me. She also says, actually, great podcast, love the interviews and the guests and interviews. I've learned so much from this podcast. So thank you very much, Burton Girl. I also had a written review from Australia from someone called Nick. 25H, who says, love this podcast. So glad I found it. Thank you, Anne. Well, thank you for writing that for us all the way from Australia. And then we had Glasto Merlia from Great Britain, who says, really great to listen to like-minded people sharing their stories. Thank you. And we had a review from Glasto Merlia from Great Britain, who says, really great to listen to like-minded people sharing their stories. Thank you. So that's just so lovely. Thank you very much for that. And then we had two others, actually, one from Fiona McDonald, who says, I love listening to Anne's podcasts and she does have a lovely voice, which communicates lots of warmth and sincerity. So many interesting episodes and I'm learning so much about mediumship and spirituality from them. Love to listen while I'm doing jobs in the kitchen. Oh, thanks, Fiona. That's really kind of you. Thank you for your lovely warm comments. And then Adam Berry left a beautiful review for us saying, love Psychic Matters podcast, wonderful and varied guests, a wealth of knowledge and experience from each podcast. I love listening whilst commuting at work and love the teaser snippets and build up to each guest. Anne has such a silky, beautiful voice too. Well done on your progressive success with climbing the podcast charts and amazing. Thank you for your contribution of life and soul. Adam Berry. And of course, Adam was one of our guests on the podcast. So you must actually go and listen to his beautiful episode called Life and Soul. I'm so grateful to you for leaving those written reviews for me. And if you'd like to leave a written review as well, please visit podchaser.com slash psychic matters and you can leave a review very easily there for me. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. This week's episode on animal communication will transform your relationships with your animal companions. My guest is Beth Lee Crowther. She's a professional animal communicator, a psychic medium and a Reiki master and she will teach you effective telepathic communication techniques that you can use to conduct meaningful non-verbal conversations with your pets. I hope you love this episode. 
I'm very excited to introduce to you today psychic medium, animal communicator, and Reiki master, Beth Lee Crowther. Beth, welcome to Psychic Matters. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Anne. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. It's such a pleasure. It's great that you're here. Thank you so much for making time in your schedule. I know you've got an incredibly busy diary work-wise. Tell us what you're up to this week, uh, Beth, because I know that you're on radio, television, newspapers and magazines. You're a published author. You're working on a new book. There's so many areas we want to go into, but where are you this week? Well, lots of things have been going on. I'm always preparing every week for my weekly radio show, which is called Spiritual Calling on Pulse Talk Radio. And you know, Anne, when you are interviewing guests, it's always a lot of preparation and a lot of things to do. So I try and be as organised as I can be, but I'm not a very organised person. So it takes quite a lot of my energy. And I'm looking forward to my new book coming out on April the 14th, which is all about how you can learn to be a pet psychic yourself. Uh, Because I've been working with animals and doing animal communication uh, for many years, well, really, since I was a child. So that's been um, different for me because I've been going through a publishing process uh, ready for a launch. So I'm just kind of keeping my diary a little bit open just in case I've got to zip off anywhere and potentially do some interviews and things like that so so I'm a little bit apprehensive about everything this week and not really knowing what's coming up for me but I do try and come out of my comfort zone as much as possible because I believe that when you work in the psychic industry And when you do spiritual work, um, it can be sometimes um, you have to be a little bit brave and courageous to really speak your mind and your truth and to really show everybody, you know, what you can do. It's all right saying it, but it's about going out there and demonstrating what you can do. And, And that does require you to come out of your comfort zone. So so often when these things are about to come up, I feel a little bit nervous and a bit worried, but no, and I just think, no, I've got to do it. I've got to, I've got to do it, you know. So it's that kind of mode that I'm in at the moment. And I've been very blessed and very lucky because my pet psychic work has taken me all over the place on TV, radio and, and in newspapers and magazines. And I've just been so blessed that I've been able to have a book that, that's just ready to be um, launched. So it's very exciting at the moment for me. Yeah, that sounds like a really, really brilliant week. It's the sort of week I would love to be having in my schedule. <laughs> Um, But Beth, tell us a little bit. I know that you're under media contract. So at the moment, you cannot really disclose the content of the book necessarily. But tell us the title of it. I know it's being launched on April the 14th. um, And tell people where they'll be able to purchase that. And then maybe you can teach us some of the methods uh, on this podcast of how we might learn how to communicate with our own pets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's called Everything You Need to Know to Become a Pet Psychic. And if you just Google that, it'll come up on Amazon, uh, WH Smith, Waterstones and all the usual 
book places and you can read about sort of what what's involved in the book and there's exercises and things like that for people to go off and practice because I believe that if you're an animal lover and that you're open-minded that you are also able to get into your mind how you can communicate with your own pets and I think so many people are already doing that because they are already bonded with their animals and it's not difficult to do I've always found it easy and as a child growing up and I had lots of different pets and animals and I was obsessed with animals and I still am and I just thought it was normal to understand the thoughts and the feelings from your pets I just thought that was part of owning an animal and I could literally hear um, like a voice in my mind coming from that animal you know and if we had a rescue animal I would get sort of pictures in my mind of what had gone on for them I'd be very empathetic and I would like hear their words but I just thought that that was normal, that if you've got an animal, that was part of it. And of course, when you're a child, it's just put down to a vivid imagination from your parents or your teachers. And as I got older, and I was always desperate to have my own horse, and I drove my parents mad for a pony. And of course, they're such a huge financial undertaking it it never happened and I was thinking about this this morning Anne and I don't know if anybody remembers W.H. Smith used to run a competition to win a pony do you remember exactly the one in the advert and the when you post off your application form the post box made a little When you think about that now, it seems ridiculous that actually that was a competition to win a pony, doesn't it? You know, a a live animal. But of course, I was just in a fantasy that I could win this pony and I would get my mom to get the form and the application every year. You know, and of course, it, it never happened. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I actually was privileged enough to have a horse of my own. And what happened then was, although I'd got dogs and cats and and had rabbits and various animals, that when I was back with with horses again, and I quickly ended up with with another, well, there were two ponies. I ended up with the first pony. She was lonely. So I went and got another pony, a little rescue pony. And when I got back into it, all those sort of feelings that I had about hearing their voice, what had gone on for them, the pictures of their background, how they were feeling, if there was any aches, pains, health issues. Obviously, I'm not a vet, but picking up on those vibrations, if you like, that came back really strongly when I'd got the these two ponies. And consequently, at the time, a few years on, when the internet came in and somebody was trying to teach me how to use the internet for the first time and how you could go onto a search engine. And I think I went on to something called Ask Jeeves at the time. And they said, you've got to look for something. And I was like, well, what what can I look for? And I had this thought, does anybody else hear their pets talking in their mind? I wonder if anybody else does that. So I started searching for things like that. And to my utter surprise, 
it was on the internet and it was called Animal Communication. I thought, oh my gosh, it's got a title. There's other people that do this. A lot of people in America were doing it professionally. And I was like, I can't believe that, you know, that, that this is a thing. And so it was much easier for me then to explore it more and to test myself because I started putting requests out sort of on do you remember you used to get a lot of message boards on the internet on various websites uh, before we had Facebook and things like that and I would invite people to send me a photograph of their animal for me to do a reading you know I was trying to approach people really all over the world had a lot of responses from America and France and Belgium because I needed to be convinced I suppose that this was really coming from the pets not from me and I thought well if I'm looking at somebody's animal in America there is no way I can possibly know anything about that person. I've never met them before. I couldn't have accidentally overheard a conversation in my local pet shop or anything. It removed the doubt because I think not only with pet psychic work, but any mediumship work or psychic work, we can often doubt ourselves considerably and we do get this self-doubt come in. So I tested myself over quite a number of, number of months and the surprising thing was that when I was emailing the person back or having a phone call and going through my results and findings, people were saying, well, how can you possibly know that? You know, that is accurate. You know, they were validating information about their pets. You know, I might have talked about how they acquired their pet or health issues that the vet had picked up on or previous surgeries or background information and it was time and time again so I went into it then with removing those elements of doubt and thinking no I can help people with their animals and I had a saddlery business at the time and when I had my third child I couldn't sort of keep my horses I've got three horses at the time and babies and horses don't really mix. You know, as soon as I got to the field to feed my horses, I'd got my daughter in the car. She'd wake up and start crying. And I thought the best thing to do really is, is find them good homes so that they have a better life, really. Not that I didn't look after them perfectly well. Of course, I did. But I was thinking ahead. And I started selling the saddlery off because I'd accumulated so much over many, many years. And people had said, oh, have you got this kind of bit? Have you got this, that and the other? And it turned into a, into a business at the time. And what would happen, people would come to me and purchase saddlery, but I would be talking to them about their horse and say, well, I believe your horse needs the dentist. So I think you need to sort that out first before you buy a new bit or a different noseband for your bridle to help overcome the issue that you've got. And often I'd say, next time you can bring a photograph with you and let me have a look. And, and kind of word got around that I was like some kind of pet psychic and just go and see Beth, take the picture of your pet with you. And people stopped buying the saddlery. They were just turning up with their pictures of their animals for me to read and give information. And then I ended up on the Richard and Judy show on Channel 4 in about 2005, I think it was, 
because I was then trying to help people who'd got missing animals and trying to track them through a psychic method. And that hit the headlines. And basically then just things gathered speed. And when I was doing the the readings and helping people with their animals, what then started happening was I would get information for the person. You know, it might be a prediction. I might say, have you just handed your noticing at work? Because the animal would be showing me things that were going on in the household. And I realised that not only can animals have a telepathic communication between uh, a person and, and the animal, there was, there was telepathy going on, but then I realised that animals know so much about us and our lives and what has happened to us in the past, what's going on now, but also what's coming up in the future. And then I delved into oracle cards and I thought, I need to sort of do an animal reading or a reading, you know, for people. So I tried to split the two up. But sometimes what happens is that the two things kind of mix together. So I might be doing a reading for somebody about their cat or dog or whatever. And then I I might start then talking to them about their lives and where they go from here. Because I think animals are tremendous healers, you know, and I look back on my life and And when I've been through really difficult times, I've always turned to my pets, not not just my family for support, but but my pets have been there in a healing capacity. And I do believe that most people that love their animals talk to them physically and maybe even telepathically and mentally. And I don't know whether you've had any pets, Anne, but I'm sure you may have done and you've probably done exactly that you know when you said I'm just popping out to the shops now or oh I've had a really bad day and this has gone on and that has gone on and you've offloaded to them as well so I think it's just our parameters within within our mind and our conditioning that has really stopped us from realizing that this is real and a thing and if you just remove those boundaries there's a whole amazing world there to be tapped into. That is such a brilliant story of a very quick summary of, of uh, life events for yes. you so far. And I know you haven't mentioned half of the things that you've done, but that's just very, very interesting about how your um, how your psychic side with those animals began to evolve and how it unfolded over time. So. Tell me something. Um, sorry, listeners, you're going to have to put up with some traffic going past my my window from time to time. So do forgive me. Um, but just going back there, Beth, you talked about animals. When you communicate with them, you can hear their voices in your mind and then pictures come. So explain what that voice sounds like. Is that your own voice in your head? Does it sound animal-like? What are the pictures? What kind of things do they tell you? What do they say? Well, it does sound often like my own voice. And the only way I can liken it really, if you're reading a book and you're reading that to yourself, you have your own voice in your mind. You don't have the author's voice in your mind, but you haven't written those words, you know? So 
that's how I sort of explain it. And what I believe is happening is that we've got a part of our brain that is telepathic and also psychic. And I believe that when we have the intention of communicating with a pet and we quieten our mind and we allow things to come in, our brain recognises it, but it's got a it recognises the animal's messages and language, but it's got to turn it into something that we can understand. So it uses our senses. So we will get a feeling. So, for instance, let's just say your dog has got a bad back. You might suddenly get a twinge in your own back just to give that message of what's going on. You might get a feeling about something like an emotion. So you might think, oh, my cat feels really happy today because when I'm linking in, I feel all uplifted or vice versa. You may get a feeling of sadness or anxiety. But also that works with pictures and words. So the words will come in and it will be like you're thinking about something but you don't know why you're thinking about it because you weren't necessarily thinking about it before. And if I said to everybody, if you could imagine now the colour of your front door and walking up to your door and what it looks like, you would instantly start to get a picture in your mind, don't you? So a picture starts to build. And that's how it feels when you communicate with animals, that a picture emerges in your mind but you don't know why you're thinking it. So often if I'm communicating and I will put a a question out there, for instance, it might be, show me something that you like to do. I might get a picture of a dog jumping over an agility course because that's what they enjoy, for instance. But I wasn't thinking about that before. That image has just literally popped in. So you have to really sort of start analysing what words come into your mind, what pictures are there, what feelings come within your own body. So consequently, you're working with clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognience, clairsentience, just like if you're doing a mediumship or a psychic reading for a person, it feels um, very similar. So your senses are, are really there. You may even get a smell or a taste, for instance. And so it's just bringing yourself into that moment and becoming very aware of what is going on within yourself. And once you start to analyse that, and I like to write things down, I just think, oh, I'll just write that that word down or that phrase down or describe the picture. And as you're going with that kind of flow, it can often increase. And it's a two-way thing. So you can pose a question, you can receive an answer. So I find it, when I started then doing the mediumship and having people that had passed away come through, I was also getting animals that had passed away and come through as well. So I think that it's very, very closely linked. And I think that's because you're using that same part of your, your mind and your brain. 
So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's really brilliant. And I know that we jumped on Zoom together for um for a pre-interview quick chat just to get to know each other, which was really lovely. I treasure that time we had. Um, and I know you said that it, it might be possible for me to bring a photograph along. Um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going I don't to mind. ask you. Um, I actually took a photograph of my dog, Phelan, this morning, who is a Yorkshire Terrier. Yes. And I wonder if if I share it on the screen with you now, because just to let everybody know who's listening, uh, Beth and I are talking over Zoom. If I mm. was to share that photograph mm. with you, could you, instead of giving me a, a, a personal reading for my dog, perhaps you could talk through the process of what you're doing so that people listening can see, okay, I'm now feeling into this or I'm now asking this question. Do you think that would work? Yes, absolutely. And um, if you could show me that photo, because I've already got something going on that I need to talk to you about as soon as you mention Phelan's name. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, hold on. I've shared incorrectly. Hold on. Let me just try again. (laughs) Um, I shared a portion of the screen, which is no good. God, you think I've never done this before? Let me see. Desktop. Here we go. But you can. You don't always have to have a photo. You could have a good description or be with the animal in in person. I can see failing. What an absolute beautiful soul. Oh. Now, as soon you can get impressions as soon as you look at the picture, or or you even say the name of your dog. And if they've got like um, something very strong that they want to communicate, sometimes that can come in first. And as soon as you were um, telling me about about failing, I instantly felt like I'd just bitten something really hard in my mouth and my teeth were crunching. And, you know, sometimes if somebody talks to you about going to the dentist and their teeth go on edge, you know, like you get that psychological sort of, feeling and I was like oh my teeth have all gone on edge <laughs> you know and I, and I have to I have to go with that immediately so I think you I'm not a vet obviously and I, and I have to work within the veterinary act so I can't make a prognosis or a diagnosis but I would be inclined to suggest that maybe that's an area of the body that feeling may have got some issues with or had previous issues with so just so that you know about that, Anne, I think is important straight away. Okay, that's great. And you, thank you very much for that. I don't know about that, but I'll go and have a look and just see. I would just be, be aware of it for me to get that that real feeling. So one of the first things that's happening is a, is a feeling for me. Yeah. So and where does that feeling come? Does that come into your own teeth or how did you pick that up from failing? immediately like like it felt like my teeth were on edge or I'd bitten onto something so you know when you have a memory of of a dental thing often it puts your teeth on or you can only describe it as uh your teeth are on edge (laughs) or somebody says to you oh I went to the dentist yesterday you go (laughs) yeah that kind of thing so your body's an instrument and so to pick that up is what I need to do. The other thing, because Phelan talks to me more about like immediately about their body. And, and I always feel like I want to put my finger in my ear to make myself hear. And so there may be some um, ear, something ear related there. So, again, these are things that you can be using to check or chat to your vet about. I feel that when I look at feeling 
and I, you know, and, and be aware of the images that come in, into your mind. Is it almost like um, running around in a circle? I'm going mad. I'm going in a circle. Oh, and I whiz round like mad. And yeah. I get those impressions. And then sometimes you'll hear like uh, names of people and I get the name Pam or Pat. So I need to share that with you. So it might be somebody who's established, but if not, look out for that person coming in because animals are very good at knowing what, what's coming up for you um, as well. I get a very loving, affectionate feel, but also there's a feeling of I like my own space and I want to take myself off and be alone. And then I can see, and sometimes I'll see things like the name Gary or Gavin. I can see G-A in my mind uh, being drawn so I have to put that over to you it's like uh how do I explain this um I can see an image and the image is like an operation scar on the side so I don't know if that's for them or somebody's just gone through that or there is an awareness from your dog about that situation it's not a prediction for the future because often I'll know if it's already happened or I get a feeling that it's coming up. Well, let me just give you some feedback here as we go through. Um, so the whizzing around, for sure, she does that. She's been doing it very, very recently, just going round and round in circles, which is quite funny. Um, and the operation scar um, is me because I had an appendix out donkeys years ago but that scar that operation scar is actually starting to twinge a little bit and has been quite twingy oh right so that's very interesting well she's very linked to you and so she's going to pick up on things that maybe are on your mind or that you are thinking about or sometimes they'll be showing me things that you are planning or hoping to achieve and so animals know an awful lot about ourselves as well as themselves, which I always find that very, very fascinating because they can be helping us with those predictions because they can be guiding us. I mean, no animal or or any spirit that you may encounter within your life or work will tell you what to do. You know, it's not about a yes or a no or I need to make a decision. So this but I must admit, whenever I've got decisions to make and I know this may sound really crazy, I do consult with my pets telepathically for their guidance and opinion. That doesn't mean that I'm going to base it upon that, but it's just like talking to a friend and getting some other perspective on something so often I'm seeing things that would be favorable for somebody to explore and as I pose that over um, to your your little girl there she shows me you going into um I know, I know obviously you do your podcast but she shows me you going into a studio but it's more it's more filming based than your voice um and and it's more official so I don't know if you've had an invitation for anything and to be filmed or you're going to be on a certain channel but she shows me bright lights of that and she gives me words in my mind like be ready be ready it's coming it's good as if all those kind of things 
is going to be a positive movement forward for you. So I have to give you what comes in. So it sounds that- great. I love the sound of it, Beth. And um, I haven't yet been offered, but there's something inside me that feels like something's coming along those lines. So it's quite interesting you should say that. Yeah, and that's how she she can see ahead. So she's only given you that. So what I would say is that's preparation so that, one, it doesn't take us as much with the element of surprise that we're thinking, oh, no, or we panic or we, like, decline too quickly or we say yes too quickly. It gives us preparation time to get our head around something. So those kind of messages, I think, are always very useful. Um, she talks also, like, I get, like, Dave or David. She shows me male DA. Um, again, she gives that with, like, some importance and did she have, a, was there another pet that is no longer on earth that she would have been with? There is a pet that she's very close to that is almost about to transition, but hasn't. Oh, yet. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. She's, she's still, the other pet is still here in my house, and um, but very, very, very old. So there must be okay. an awareness that uh, she has limited time left. Yes, because, because it's almost like she is feeling feelings of sadness around that. And animals can love people and animals can love each other, I believe. And they can be aware of what's going on. And also, if if a person passes or an animal passes, they can also experience sadness and, and grief and go through a process similar to ourselves. And I think that's important to acknowledge and remember that as you're caring for, for your other your other pet there at a, as they're elderly and that is also to remember how does she feel about it so that we acknowledge that too. And that's really important that we say, look, I know you I know you're feeling down as well. And and so as I believe that as you experience just this mini little reading, it can also really help bond you even closer with your own animals because it allows you to have an insight into their mind. But also it gives you that element of I can do this as well and I can become um, linked and having these two-way conversations and I think you're already doing it anyway Anne you know thank you so much for for going through that for everybody and also that was lovely for me it was a lovely bonus uh and I think it's very interesting what you say because I believe we forget to communicate to our pets Mm. we just forget to talk to them uh and include them as another part of a member of our family or member of our social group we just forget to actually talk to them I think you're right. And what's lovely now is that people are becoming so more pet friendly when you go out to a cafe or a pub now that we're able to do so. And animals are now becoming um, therapy pets and support pets and even take your dog to work day and, and things like that. People are now becoming more open that you can be together in different places and and different aspects of what you're doing in your life and and how much the therapeutic side of things is coming because 
I think we've all known for a long time that animals are great healers. Of course, you will get animals that can be detection animals for health issues like um, diabetes, for instance, and things like that. And of course, we've for many, many years, we've had guide dogs for, for, for people who are, have visual issues and also people who are deaf and, you know, may have problems with, with their hearing and things like that. So I think it's becoming a bigger and bigger subject. And a few years ago, um, I found that beneficial to me was to go and study counselling because I was talking to people not just about their pets but about you know their lives and looking at oracle cards and tarot and things like that for them and often people think oh well that person's psychic so they know everything there is to know about me and and that isn't the case as you know you only know what you're picking up from spirit or what is being shared for you know clairvoyantly with you and often people would then start to disclose things that had gone on for them that were very serious or or tragic circumstances in the past and I wanted to make sure that I handled those um, things correctly because I didn't want to say the wrong thing at the wrong time when people were trusting me with confidential information and so I went off and and studied up to level three in counselling because I just felt that that really helped my readings and understanding of people and, and how to listen as well and as I was was doing that on the level three we had to go off and and we had to study um like um like a therapy that that would be a counseling therapy and I searched and thought I would love to know about horses that are giving therapy to people because I'd seen a program with Martin Clunes years ago and he was crying. He, he, was, he was somewhere having this healing with horses and, and it brought all these emotions out and it had stuck in my mind. And I thought, well, I know horses do that. I know about that. And funnily enough, when I, when I researched it, it was called equine assisted therapy. And I wanted, wanted to study that to pass my, my level three counselling exam. And not, there's not that many places that did it. But the very strange thing was that one place that did it was very local to where I lived. It was literally within um, four or five miles away. And when I phoned the lady, if I could come and, you know, experience it and write, you know, a, 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 an essay about it um, for my exam, where she said she was was a field that I used to rent with my own horses some three or four years ago and that seemed like a a a good synchronicity straight away and I went and experienced for myself this healing and this therapy and even though I'd had horses for years and years it was something that blew me away and so many emotions came up but one of the first things that happened was that there was a a field with about seven horses and ponies in it and she says the horse the horse that you need to work with will just come over to you will make themselves known to you and I'm only five foot one so I've, I've never really had huge horses but 
I've always been sort of a bit of a pony person. So in the corner of my eye, I could see these cute little ponies. But it was the great big sort of 17-hand horse that started coming over. And I remember thinking, oh, no, you know, he's huge. You know, what am I going to do with him? And as he made his way over, two ponies were in the corner of the field. And from nowhere, they started having a fight. They started biting each other, kicking each other. My instinct was to shout at them and say, stop. But but I thought, hang on, that's not up to me. They're, they're not mine. And and the lady who was conducting this session, who's who owned all these horses and ponies, she didn't say anything or she didn't really react. And I thought, why haven't you like shouted at them? What if they get hurt? But I thought that was a bit odd. And then she just said to me, um, did you notice what happened then? And I said, yeah, like big horses coming over, but the two ponies are having a fight. And she went, yeah, yeah. She said, they're just acting out what's going on in your life at the moment. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, well, you're obviously in a, in a bit of a difficult situation fighting with somebody. And somebody, you know, you need help from another source to get things sorted. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I said, I'm going through a really difficult divorce. And that was also another element that sort of dropped into place where animals are just tremendous healers and can know when we're going through such difficult times. And that just made my hairs go up, you know, on my arms when she said that. And she said, now you've got to decide who you're going to work with 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 these horses you're going to go for the pony or you're going to go for this big horse that has come over to help you. And I said, I'm, I am going to go for the big horse, even though I was thinking I wish it was one of the little ponies because I felt like I could handle that bit bit easier. And we we um, she gave me this halter to put on this big horse. And I've put head collars and halters on horses for hundreds of times. And you know what? I could not fathom out how to put it on him. I'd gone to pot. You know, I'd gone all nervous because of all this this thing had played out. She'd already picked up on what was going on in my life. And the horses and ponies knew. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I felt like that she must have thought, there's no way this woman could have owned horses before. She didn't know what she yeah, doing. Sure. She got, you know, she's all fingers and thumbs. Anyway, we got him out. And then I had to do these tasks. And ta- he had, had to take his, his sort of halter off. And he got nothing. We put him in a separate field. And I've got to get him to follow me. I've got to get him to jump over a little jump with me. And those experiences about being autonomous and being independent and allowing things out were so were so therapeutic. So it had a real tremendous effect on me. But what it also did was made me look at the telepathic side because not only was I was trying to do physical things, trying to get this horse to to work with me, I was sending those telepathic thoughts out, like, you know, asking, could you come and do this with me? And, and, you know, so it took it down a different route. So it could be something that anybody's listening that they could go off and research about that because it was just an afternoon, a couple of hours where I experienced that just because I was studying it for a college course. But the effects of that healing 
from from horses that day were tremendous you know and it really helped me look at things from a new perspective so I think there's so much potential that we've not even tapped into with not just our animals but with other with other animals as well so for people to be very open-minded and, and really explore things is something that I would encourage you with and also anybody that's doing psychic work I know many of your listeners are, are clairvoyants and work in this industry too that maybe to think about that concept of learning more about counselling can also enhance your work and your ability to do the very best for somebody within your sessions, you know, because I know from personal experience, it helped me because not everybody needs a reading. Some people just need to be heard or understood or referred to somebody that can really be a specialist in a certain area. So it opened my mind even further and I believe helped me have a stronger link to spirit yeah that's amazing I would absolutely love to go and have equine assisted therapy Mm -hmm. looking up looking it up on the internet the minute we finished so Beth where did you go then to move into mediumship with the work that you do well I think that it started off with the pets and then I was linking in one day and I had a gentleman that I was aware that that a man was stepping forward it's like I could see an image of a man I knew he'd passed away and I could describe him. And I said to the person, I said, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but have you got a man in spirit? And I described the condition of how he passed, what he looked like. And she, and she said, yeah, that, that's my granddad. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've, I've brought somebody through now. And it was almost like I'd opened the door. And once I'd opened that door once, the door didn't really shut, you know, <laughs> unless obviously, you know, you open up and you close down during your sessions, of course. But it like it took it onto another level. And once that happened, I realised that I was able to communicate with people that are in spirit as a medium. And also I was so drawn to Oracle cards and tarot which I've got a collection of over 150 I I absolutely love them I did actually have you where do you keep them all in a cupboard I might be able to just turn the camera and and show you some of the cupboard there oh wow (laughs) okay I'm looking at a beautiful wooden cupboard with glass fronted doors and many shelves stacked full of tarot and oracle cards And and I did actually do my own cards um a couple of years ago I did I did my own set called live your best life oracle deck because I I'm, I'm, I so I so love cards and so I started um using those and what happened as well was because I trained in Reiki and become a Reiki master that's another element that I'm, I'm very passionate about I went to a psychic fair many many years ago probably again it was all sort of happening for me around 2004 2005 when, when I really got into it and at this psychic fair it was in a function room of a pub there was a stage and the lady said you can have this stage and put your Reiki bed and you can do some demonstrations of Reiki and like little taster sessions of Reiki for like 10 or 15 minutes anyway I just bought a pack of unicorn cards by Doreen Virtue which was my very first pack that I bought. And I put them in my bag. I'd only use them for myself and my family at the time. And 
this lady come over to me and she said, oh, I hope you don't mind. She said, I've come over for a psychic reading. And I said, oh, I said, I'm doing Reiki, you know. And she went, no, that medium over there. I went to her table and her name was Glenda, actually, the medium. And she said, and she said, you don't need me. You need that lady over there to do your reading. And I thought, what do I do now? You know, I don't want to say no. And Glenda has sent her over. And I, and I was a very, um, very much, I'd seen Glenda in action, who's a, who's a brilliant medium. So I knew if she'd said it, it was correct. So I sort of thought, well, I have brought those unicorn cards in my bag. So I said, okay, come and sit down. I'll get my cards out. And I thought, well, I'm really excited now to know if, I can do this reading for somebody who I don't know with cards. I've done it for family and friends and myself, you know. And I started just, I got in my mind, put your cards out in a circle and put two or three in the middle as like central cards to look at the heart of the reading. So I did this for this lady and I turned the first card over in the middle and started interpreting it. And I went round, I think I'd put about, 12 cards out went through it all I picked upon certain situations that she was going through and that she was single and she was hoping to get into a new relationship and she's had she'd had quite a volatile previous relationship and all different things were going on and then I sort of come up for air and I said to her I hope you understood all that and that was okay and I remember thinking oh my god what's she gonna say you know I was really worried and she went oh she went that was the best reading I've ever had. She said that was brilliant. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. And after that, I was okay. And I thought, but I think if Glenda hadn't put me on the spot, would I ever have taken that sort of step Yeah. to having that? I don't know. Sometimes I find with what I do, often I'm just ending up being put on the spot. And I think, come on, Beth, you can do it. Don't you've got to do it. Somebody believes in you. Somebody's given you an opportunity. Now take the opportunity. Yeah. And of course, that has come come very strong over the last two years, where I was contacted by somebody about had I got an interest in animal communication story where something could come true. And it was somebody who was writing a newspaper article. And I explained about I'd a lady called Caroline had got a horse called Fred. I'd done a reading and Fred had predicted that she'd meet somebody who was a sailor and that he lived by the water and that she'd know he was the man for, for her at the time because he'd got a big scar on his leg. So I was telling this, this guy all of this. And he said, well, can I contact this lady to check out the story? And I said, yeah. And so he did. And then it ended up in newspapers on online they made a video about it and then I ended up on this morning you know do talking about the story with Caroline we were in the field with the horse and with with this gentleman that she'd met and then it led to me having four appearances doing um viewers phoning and and it was just amazing but but what what had happened prior to that Anne was that I had got into manifestation in a big way and law of attraction I'd gone all down the route before of the secret but I wanted to delve in even further and I'd found this method 
about doing a special manifestation technique where you would imagine what you wanted to happen on a big screen and then you would in your mind get the answer how to sort of align yourself with the universe to enable the universe for it to come about and then you have to have the third screen where if it comes true how you would react so I was testing out that the first thing I do was was ask my self-published book Life by Numbers to be a number one Amazon seller and I've gone down every route to try and push 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 literally 24 hours after doing that manifestation technique it did become an Amazon bestseller and so then, Congratulations on that. That's amazing, you. by the way. Thank you so much. And then me being me thinking, well, what if that was just a coincidence that it happened? Let me ask for something even more. And I actually did it again. And I said, can I go on to TV? Can you get me on TV? And I thought, but if it does happen, then I'll have to see it through. And I did it again. And a few days later, that gentleman contacted me for the story and it led to me coming on to going on to this morning. And then I went on to Roman and Martin Kemp's Sunday Best programme one Sunday morning, amazing, which Beth. was amazing. Brilliant. But I'd done it all through this manifestation technique. So I had to then go and do these things, which, of course, you can imagine was very nerve wracking. But I thought, no, I've got to do it because I'd asked for it to come true and it had come true. So that's another thing that I'm passionate about and I do believe in. And then I asked to have again, I did it again. I wanted to do a, a pet psychic book, but I wanted it to be a publishing deal as opposed to self publishing. I asked for that. And consequently, that came about. So I'm always mindful now what I'm going to ask for because if it does come true again, you have got to, because it's been honoured to you and and you've been placed in alignment with it, is about seeing it through. So I always think if I'm going to ask for something, I've got to do it. So I'm always mindful. Well, my manifestation secret. One is to not really ask for something that you necessarily want or necessarily need. It's about aligning yourself to your true purpose. So if your true purpose is wanting to help other people through your pet psychic work or whatever it may be, if you're passionate about that, that is who you truly are and you can share that message with others for me it seems to have worked I haven't gone down the route of asking for money or a lottery win because I don't think that would be ethically correct and I'm not fueled by money anyway I'm more passionate about how I could help somebody and and my reward would be that I've made a difference, hopefully, to somebody's life. Um, so as an example then, Beth, I might, because you've already said that Phelan feels that there's bright lights in the studio coming possibly yes. to me. So, and, and that's what I sort of feel. So, And that would only be to share the sort of interviews that I'm doing on the podcast live in a television format. Yes. Um, so to help other people, basically, and to um, spread knowledge and help people uh, with a curious mind to explore this whole paranormal topic uh, in a serious and scientific fashion 
So if I wanted to manifest that, what do I do? Envisage that scene happening or how, what do I do? Well, I found somebody who has got a company called Mind Valley Vision the County. And I just happened to come across him on Facebook. And you get sponsored things, don't you, on Facebook? And I dismiss most of them. But I looked at him and I thought, that man's the real deal. He can teach me something. And so I started going on YouTube and looking him up and listening to his podcast. And he started, um, you, you know, when you can sign up to these free masterclasses on Facebook. And I just thought, I'm just going to sign up to this because I had a feeling. It, I just thought, this is, this is the real deal. He's not, he's not somebody who's just after your money. or I don't know. I just, I just trusted my instinct which which serves me well at the best of times and and I just thought no go with it and I looked him up and I signed up for his masterclass about manifestation and and aligning and I did it and his technique is what I followed called the three screens technique where you go into a deep meditation basically and he talks you through how to do that and I'm sure most people can find that on YouTube or go on his app or his podcasts and look him up. And I did that. And, and then you imagine like three big screens. And for me, it was like three big television screens on the wall. And you had to kind of look at them in your mind, like in like you're looking at them above your head, really. And not just on a on the same level. You sort of you sort of tilt your eyes to look at them and I did that and I got my eyes closed and the first thing was thinking about like a problem that you wanted to solve and my problem on the first the first time I did it was well I've got this book it's never been to Amazon number one I want to solve that problem and that was what I imagined and then he takes you onto the second screen and it was like well it's like being open to the answer to that so that you and not just waiting for it to happen, but you're aligning yourself with the universe and you're taking some level of action just to say that you're on board and you're ready for it to happen. So as I went on to that second stage of it, of the meditation, the answer is supposed to come into your mind. And, and as I thought, well, how's this going to happen? The answer that came into my mind was do a special offer. And I remember thinking, well, I've done loads of special offers on my book and it's never worked. But I thought, okay, that's the answer. Do a special offer. That's the answer. And then on the third, the third screen, it was like, how are you going to feel when it comes true? So I thought, well, I'm going to be like running around, cheering. Ah, oh, my book's number one. This is amazing. I'm going to be telling all my family and my friends. So in my mind, I was rejoicing, celebrating making a big song and dance over it, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and so I thought, okay, so I did that. And I thought, well, it's not about just waiting for the universe to produce these results. It's to really show that you're taking it seriously, that you're taking some level, you're taking some part in it. So I thought, well, I'll do a special offer with my book. So basically what came into my mind, I did like a Canva post and I just put, buy my book on Amazon, send me a, a screenshot that you've purchased it and I'll email you a mini reading into your inbox. I did that. 
So I didn't really expect anything. And all of a sudden, people kept sending me these screenshots. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got to email them and be reading. And before I knew it, there was just absolutely loads of messages in my inbox on Instagram and on Facebook. And, um, and then I had to sit for about a week sending all these little little mini oh, readings out to them, which yes. I had, you know, I thought, oh, well, it'll only be a few people. Consequently, it just grew. And then the book, uh, literally, it, because people had purchased it sort of straight away within that, that 24 hours of, of posting that request out, it, obviously it came about very quickly the week following. I had to, I had to do what I said I'd do and send them the information that I'd promised which, of course, I did. So very quickly, that book went to number one. I think it was only about 24 hours or something. And then I kept refreshing it because it got to number seven and then it got to number six. And I remember thinking, what if it only gets like to number two and that's it? It didn't quite make it. But anyway, at one o'clock in the morning, I refreshed it and it had reached number one. It's just amazing. It's actually worked. And then I thought the third screen was that I've got to celebrate it. But everybody was in bed. It was one o'clock in the morning. And I thought, well, I've got to see it through. So I just woke everybody up. I just started cheering again. (laughs) I phoned my son at one o'clock in the morning to tell him. And that's and that's how and that's exactly how I did it. And then of course I went back in and did it again for the TV thing and then of course this guy called Dill contacted me from a newspaper about the story so I didn't think it was connected to the TV and of course my part was then played in it when I checked Dill out to make sure he was a real reporter and it wasn't some scam sort of message and and yes he was real and he was he was from Birmingham so he wasn't a million miles away from me and so obviously I chatted to him and and then they he said, can we come make a film of you and this lady? So we agreed that that was all going to take place. So I was working with the universe. So, you know, I went along with it. Of course, never, never imagined it would be on the TV. I just thought, thought it was going to be a newspaper thing. And then, of course, this morning picked it up, contacted them, and then they phoned and said, any chance you'd be on this morning on Tuesday? And I was like... <gasps> It's come true. It's amazing. So so I didn't just sit and kind of wait. When something came in, I acted. But nevertheless, I didn't contact TV people myself. Do you know what I mean? I didn't say, oh, would you like me to come on your TV show? I didn't take that approach. But I put it out there, went with the method, and this is what has happened. So I can only say... Give it a go. It worked for me. It can work for you, you know. So there you go. I just think it's such a great story, Beth. And I think my great takeaway from just talking to you over this past hour is your beautiful trust that you have in your own innate awareness, psychic awareness and intuition and surrendering to it and accepting it as part of your life. I just think that's a real takeaway for me. Oh, thank you so much. And I do trust in it and I do believe it. I've tested it. You know, I haven't just tried to tell people this is real without, you know, going through my own testing of it and experiences. And and what I do now, Anne, 
which I'm very passionate about, is I do my own radio show, which I've been doing for over 10 years. And I'm now on Pulse Talk Radio Wednesdays between 6 and 8 p.m. I have some fascinating guests, which I'm hoping you'll come on and, and be to. a guest because we love you on there. But I do, free, I do free readings on there for people so that they can experience having a reading themselves it's only short it's only for a couple of minutes but it can give believers um some assistance and and some validation but it also gives an aspect that if you've never had a reading before or maybe you're on the fence or maybe you're just not sure about things you can you can experience it and make your own mind up about it you know and And, where is where will people find pulse talk radio beth it's online so we've got a website, PulseTalkRadio.com. Um, you can ask Alexa to play Pulse Talk Radio as well. And it may be on some other, other. I know it's on TuneIn. And I think if you've got an Android phone, you can get the Pulse Talk Radio app, I think. Um, but usually people go on the website or ask Alexa um, to play it. So, you know, if you've got any, if anybody wants to contact me, um, I'm, I've got a, a website, psychicbeth.com. Um, you can contact me that way or send me an e- email to info at psychicbeth.co.uk and I can give you all the details of that if anybody wants to join in and listen or if anybody would like to be a guest, you know, <laughs> always open to any anybody sharing what they do on there. We, we, we have a lovely group of people that are regular listeners and always welcome new people as well and just love you to come on out it would it would be fantastic i would love to we'll we'll set a date up after thank this thank you that would be amazing thank, thank you. you very much for the invitation that's incredibly kind of you um so beth just before we say goodbye to you just remind people where they can buy your books and i know this new beautiful book that you've got coming out is, is available from april 14th Yes, it's on a pre-order at the moment. So you can already go and purchase it and then it will be sent to you as soon as it's released. Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk. If you just put in Beth Lee Crowther, everything you need to know to become a pet psychic, it'll come up. Or you could just Google it, you know, because WH Smith, uh, Waterstones and, and several other book sellers some of them are uk based some of them are i think australia usa new zealand from what i can see when i've googled it myself (laughs) um so i think it's pretty much available on a pre-order and you've Um, got your other book life by numbers as well life by numbers is 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 already available immediately and the best way to purchase that is on amazon or you can contact me directly if you want want me to send you a copy and that's nine i think it's 9.95 on amazon and life by numbers was really designed because we often see repeated patterns of numbers when we're out and about and again with my belief in what the universe can do to help and support us i was asking the universe to show me a relevant number to help me when I was I wasn't very well I'd got I'd got chronic anemia and I was recovering from that and I'd always had this idea of writing a numbers book because I've always believed there's a message behind each number and I know there's a lot of angel numbers books out there which which are brilliant 
But this book is more about looking at your life. And when I was doing the radio, when I used to be on a station called The Bridge in, in Stourbridge in the West Midlands, um, sometimes we'd get too many people trying to get a reading. They'd be ringing in, physically ringing in, whereas the show I've got now, I just get people to text in a message. Uh, and they'd be trying to ring in. And I used to think, well, I can't get to everybody. And this book was really to give people a little psychic reading because you can just pick that up and, and look out for a number being presented to you. Maybe you've said to the universe, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm looking to enter into a new relationship or do I hand my notice in at work or what do I do about X, Y and Z? And you can put that thought out and then ask the universe to show you a relevant number that day. Or you could just flick through the book and land at a certain number or a number might just pop into your head. And when you then look in the book at the explanation of that number, that is to guide you on that question that you've asked. Or you might just use it and say, what, what would help me today? And you might. Often I see registration numbers. Like the other day I saw, I saw um, my initials ELC, which, which consequently is an early learning centre. It's Elizabeth Lee Krause. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, I always think that when I see it. And the number was 54 on the register. So, I, oh, I've got to go home, look up number 54. You know, what does that mean for me? I've just seen my initials on, on somebody's car registration. So it might be something like that that gets your attention. Or a lot of people say, oh, every time I look at the clock, it's 222 or it's 444, you know, you start noticing patterns. And what you can do, if you get more than one number that day, you can put them all together to get a longer reading. So there's one to a thousand numbers in there with an explanation for each one. And I just felt that it was just a way of you giving yourself a reading very easily and very quickly. Yeah, it's and a wonderful book. You're very kind to send it to me you. before oh, this you're interview. You're very welcome. It's wonderful to have as a reference, like you say, a very handy reference to use on a daily basis. It's brilliant. Thank you very much. And and it's nice if you, you don't know what to buy somebody sometimes. It's quite a good little gift for somebody yeah and it's an and it's an, a way that if you're just curious about psychic things it's sort of an easy way in or if you're very established with it anybody can pick it up and use it really so that was that was how all that that came about and um and yeah I was I was really lucky because a lady helped me do it and called Alexa Witten who's got Compass Publishing and the book refinery because Although I'd written the book, I was like, well, what do I do with this now? I didn't know how to put it together. So she was very, very instrumental um, in doing that. So I think there's so many opportunities these days if you want to write. And there's a lot of people that can help you. Or you can even, if you're sort of internet and technical savvy, you can go onto Amazon, onto something called KDP, and you can register with them and you can download all their tools and you can write your own book for free and they'll give you a free ISBN number. So there is nothing to stop somebody getting their message out there, you know. So, yeah, that, that's how, it, uh, how it's gone for me. So it'd be 
be interesting to see what happens next. <laughs> I can't wait to see how your life unfolds. It's just so lovely the way that you just wait for things to align. You put things into process in your mind. This is how I'd like things to unfold. You hand it over to the universe to do the heavy lifting and then you just accept uh, your part that you next, you know, you then accept, I now need to do this. I now need to do this. It's amazing. It's been brilliant you, talking man. to you, Beth. So brilliant. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to come on to your show. I've, I've loved your show and I've listened to, to your episodes and I just think you're amazing. And the way that you inform people and teach people in a clear and concise manner about how they can use psychic techniques and get results themselves is what attracted me to your podcast in the first place. So I've been quite a fan of yours for quite some time, Anne. And uh, I must say, the other day, I was listening to your episode with the tarot, how to interpret the tarot and all the history of the tarot. And I've learned so much from you. I really have. So thank you for that. Oh, bless you. That's really kind of you. Thanks, Beth. Well, wishing you the very, very best over the next little while. Let's maybe hook up again next year on this show and just see what's unfolded for you. And and I'll let you know if my uh, TV studio has unfolded for me. It will. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, I look forward to coming on your show. And thank you so very much for sharing all your knowledge. I know people are going to get so much out of this episode. Thank you, and It's been great. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much to my wonderful guest, Beth Lee Crowther. Please do visit her website, www.psychicbeth.com to check out all the courses that she is offering. And don't forget to purchase a copy of her incredible book, Everything You Need to Know to Become a Pet Psychic, How to Master the Secrets of Animal Communication. And it comes out on April 14th, but it is available now to pre-order on Amazon. There are show notes for this episode on my website, anteato.com, plus a full transcript. So please do go there to the podcast section to pick those up. And you can also sign up for my newsletter, which comes out on the day of each new podcast release. So that's twice a month. And then you won't miss out on any episodes. Or you can sign up to one of my classes. I run a weekly development circle where we practice psychic and mediumship techniques. And I also run a new class. It's a weekly scrying circle. It's so exciting. It's where I teach ancient divination techniques so that we begin to learn how to read wax, read water, treacle, sand and stones and bones and all manner of things. So do sign up for my newsletter, anteata.com, and you can be the first to know of all the exciting things that I am up to. Don't forget to have some great conversations with your pets this week and do let Beth and I know how you get on. Wishing you a wonderful couple of weeks. My name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters 